two best friends who love to chat Oh, what it's like to be an ant Those who ant Those who ant Hello and welcome to Those Who Ant A podcast for people who want to see the world through ant-colored glasses I'm your Auntie Mags I'm Aunt Pat And uh, we are so happy to have you here Except I would say that we're happy But I'm livid right now, Pat I'm livid Oh, tell me Everything. My niece, Josie, gifted athlete, gifted student, overall angel, and also terrifying teen. This week, she tried out for the volleyball team, has played since the third grade, and this week she got cut. And she's hurt, and she's furious. And you know what I said? Give me that coach's email. I'm going to give her a piece of my mind, and I'm going to rip this woman to shreds. Okay. I think that that's sound, what you said. I think it's a good plan. And let me ask this question, though. Mm -hmm. Has something happened to her developmentally that would make softball dangerous for her? Volleyball? No. Who? Well, I'm just saying sometimes when these young people develop. Wait, did I say softball or did I say volleyball? You said softball. Did I? I'm mad about what's happening. I I thought initially you did say softball. Well, she's a fantastic softball player. She's uh, she got cut from the volleyball team. She's she's an amazing softball player. This coach cut her from the volleyball team. She was going to maybe potentially miss volleyball tryouts because she was doing a softball tournament. But there were only eight girls on the team. And because of vacations and covid, there was a limited number of players on the bench. Eight girls, that's nobody sitting on the bench. So Josie couldn't miss the tournament to go do the volleyball tryout. And this coach tells her that it's going to reflect poorly on her for the rest of the coaches in high school sports. My niece is getting like a 4.3 grade point average. She's very shy around boys, so I don't think she's promiscuous. She is a very kind, good person who is very athletically gifted. And this woman cut her from the volleyball team, and I swear to God, you know this woman wears those windbreaker pants that zip at the knee? And I'll God, I want to rip those stupid pants off at the knee and then slap her with them. Let me say something, Max. What? Any woman who's wearing those pants is going through their own thing. She's angry at herself. She looks at your niece and she says, ah, I guess I could have gone in that direction. And she didn't. And she's taking it out on your niece and it's not right. But I am going to think about her. What's her name? You know her name? Miss Mit. Oh, well, you know, rhyming. You know, is there something that goes with that? I don't know. I, I, it sounded so familiar to me. But think about, you know, this woman is going through something. God only knows where she's getting those pants from. I don't even know. Where do you get those pants? Do you go to what, like a Bass Pro Shop? Because yeah. you don't find those at a women's department store. And if you listen, if you're gender nonconforming and you need to find those pants, you go get those pants and we support you. If you're a volleyball coach in high school and your name is Miss F- Burn the pants and get a grip, lady, because I'm coming for you. I don't care what she's got going on. You don't cut my niece. Nobody cuts my niece. You know what my niece does? She cuts you. There you go. There you go. Well, let's talk about it before you make a call or get on Facebook. Just check in with me. Maybe we'll figure it out in a different way that's not coming in quite so hot. I said a lot of bad words in that email. I'm going to tell you right now. It's in my drafts. I haven't sent it. Maybe keep it in the drafts just through the weekend. That many days? I want to jump. I want to jump while I feel it, you know, while the rage is fresh. You can't feel things. You got to don't act on feelings. You know, facts aren't feelings. Feelings aren't facts. I just learned that recently. Oh, yeah. My therapist says that all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, facts, not feelings. And I understand that. But here are the facts. Miss is an asshole and I'm going to kill her with my bare goddamn hands. All right. We'll check. Why don't we circle back on this when we're done today with our wonderful guest? All right. Tell me something to make me happy. Something, something to get me out of this mindset because I'm so furious. I see red. 
I saw a bee perfectly healthy. Oh, good. They're doing all right, some of them then. I think some of them are coming back. I saw it didn't look stressed. It, it didn't look alarmed. Just going about its biz. Yeah. You want to see a bee that's happy, not one that's under duress. That makes me feel good. Okay, good job. Thank you for that. No problem. Boy, are we excited. Uh, now that I shook that off, you know, sometimes, do you ever just see people do horse therapy when they like touch a horse and the horse takes on all their emotions and then the horse like shakes and they feel better? I feel like that's what I just did. It's horse therapy. I shook it off. Never heard of that. Anyways, this guest makes me feel like horse therapy. She's amazing. Everybody, we met under, you know, some interesting circumstances that we'll talk about, I'm sure, later. But uh, I'm so excited. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, but however you identify, please welcome Aunt Muggsy to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Muggsy, how are you doing? We're so happy to have you. I can't even believe you decided to have me. It's sort of a dream come true. Oh, well, for us too. It really is such oh. a such a delight. I never would have saw this coming based on how we all met one another. But you know, that's strange bedfellows is a phrase that I heard once and I think it might apply here. I think it does. That's one of my phrase of days. Strange bedfellows. Good job. Thanks. Well, and I think if we're if we all had the same dreams, even if we met with different dreams, if you if your dreams come together, I think that really means something. I agree. And I think we, we certainly did meet with different dreams. You want to tell it? You tell it. Yeah, it's a little hard for me sometimes because at first I did not want to like the both of you. In fact, I didn't like all of the people you were associating with. Mm -hmm. It's a bone to pick, if I'm being honest. And maybe someday we can pick it. But for now, I guess we'll just... Well, we met because uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a book club just like the two of you are in a book club. But just opposite book clubs. Yes, we're in, we're in um, book clubs that are actually enemies. Um, I'm in a Mary Higgins Clark book club. I have been for, well, most of my life. Mm -hmm. You started that in the third grade, you said, right? Yeah, I started reading Mary Higgins Clark in third grade. Mm -hmm. And she is a gifted thriller author. And in fact, it runs in her family. Her daughter also wrote with her later on, Carol. I don't know if Janet Ivanovich has a daughter that she writes with, but Mary she, does. She doesn't need one. She writes on her own. and She has her own uh, amazing original ideas. All right. All right. Hey, hey, hey. I can tell <laughs> it's getting a little hot. And, you know, it's just because we're all so passionate about these women authors. I just want to say, you know, I know Mags is coming a little hot with some other stuff. So, yes, Janet Ivanovich has no children, to my knowledge. And that's just different strokes for different folks. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose her, her her novels were probably her children, and I can respect that. Um, and that's a lot of children then that she had. The whole alphabet, if I'm remembering her titles correctly. Well, well, yeah, we got one for the money, two for the dough, three to get deadly. It's numerical, not alphabetical. I am embarrassed. No, don't be embarrassed. This is how we come together, because you know what? The authors might separate us, but you know what makes us human is those emotions. And blood and veins and, and skin and... And vertebrae, bones, tarsals, metatarsals. Oh, whoa. What are you reading, Kathy Reichs, with those kind of references? No, all, all Mary Higgins Clark. She had certain of her, her perpetrators were uh, anatomically gifted. And so I learned anatomy from some of her stories. I learned about like fashion, you know, and a lot of the Ivanovich books, a lot of people are wearing um, denim jackets, stuff like that. A lot of accessorizing goes into an Ivanovich uh, book. Yeah, a lot of leather. It's, you know, it's Jersey, you know. 
Stephanie, she's going to look like a Jersey, you know, because she is. Wow. Now we met though, because we had gotten into it a little bit on the internet because what had happened was, and uh, sorry, Muggsy, to kind of out you on here, but you were kind of uh, going in and stirring the pot, as it were, on the Ivanovich forums, which I respect that, you know, I respect the fact that you care so much, you know, asking all kinds of questions uh, in the forum there. Well, and I was going through uh, a rough time in my own life, and um, so I believe I reached out partly based on my opinions about your author, but also because I just wanted some interaction. I think that is how we came together because we were reading those words and some of them, obviously personal attacks, look like you had Googled, which good for you. Do your research. Do it smart. And Mm -hmm. I loved your passion. Like Pat said, you know, it's like hurt people hurt people. And so we knew there's something behind there. You know, there's something going on and we wanted to get to the bottom of it. And I think, thank goodness we did, because look where we are now. Yeah. And also, I don't want you to misunderstand. I I did it out of respect for you as people, too. You know, you can't hurt people that you don't respect. Oh. That's based on Kant. 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 With an N. Kant. I can't do it. Like that? Sounds like aunt. It almost sounds aunt. Yeah. Now, uh, so so you got in the mix there, and just so the people listening know, you got in the mix there. I think there's some hurt feelings. Uh, we reached out to you, you know, uh, and uh, kind of gave you the business. And you pushed back, but you pushed back in this really thoughtful way, Muggsy. And I think that's what initially drew me to you, was I was like, there's a real person in there. And she's very thoughtful about what she's saying and why she's saying it. And and truly, you know, it is one of those things where you think, oh, your enemy's the mirror. You're looking in the mirror. You're you're the same person. Like we said, skin and eyes and teeth and tassels and all that. Same person, just different author. Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe that you would appreciate, you know, in my rebuttal to your response to my trolling, I just thought really hard about what your theme songs might be. So when I sent you those theme songs, it was to show you that I really understand you. I hope. Now, it was your, was your ultimate goal with that to be like, look at how thoughtful I've been. I've dissected what I believe to be your character characteristics and I've summed them up. And what made you choose each song? Do you remember? Yes, I do. I don't know if I was accurate, but uh, Mags, I remember seeing a post of yours that involved dancing. And so I thought, what dancing song would be yours? My favorite thing about that is my theme song. And here's why I loved it so much is because you chose, you know, I love the nightlife. I got to boogie. I believe the first line of that song is please don't talk about love tonight. It's relatable. So when I heard that, I was like, wow, She nailed me. Please don't talk about love tonight. Please don't talk about sweet love. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And you never do. You never post about love. And also you use um, dark backgrounds in the themes that you choose for things that you post. Yeah, because I love the nightlife. I got to boogie. Yeah. That was, what? that was dead on. That really makes me feel confident to then explain that, Pat, I chose yours really just on an instinct. And I hope that you understood where that instinct came from. Oh, yeah. Read me like a book. Ha! Not a lot of people love Clapton. Oh, yeah. But Tears from Heaven has me in a nutshell, both as someone who feels like a profound sense of loss all the time and someone who constantly feels like they're falling off a building. That's a twofold for sure. Because what I believe you could sense a pain and sadness 
boldness, but also a courage. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm also so absent-minded, you know? I felt like, oh, am I the maid in this song? I think she was the one who left the window open. Now, that just might be me knowing the backstory. Yeah, I don't think he ever says, and then the maid left the window ajar or anything like that. That'd be an accusation. That would actually probably lead to charges and perhaps a court case if he sung that. Plus, I, yeah, it loses something when you go through it like in a procedural way, right? It's more mm-hmm. important that, you know, there's someone in heaven and the, you know, I can't remember the story right now, but I know it's very sad. It was so uh, apt, Muggsy. So glad. His kid fell right out a window and I'll have to look that up. I'm going to write that down and look it up because I don't know. I don't know if there was a maid. I don't know if they released that info. I don't know if she'd be called a maid and I, I don't know if that's the term you use anymore. Oh, what do you say? Cleaner. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask, I know the listeners can't hear this, but uh, you're wearing some sunglasses right now. And I want to know why. I want to know what's, what are you telling us with these glasses? Well, in the way that we're communicating right now, I can see myself and uh, I've found that I get lost in my own eyes. Debbie Gibson. Right. That's my theme song about my life. And it's true because have you ever looked in your own eyes and gone down that path and actually seen your own soul? I have not. I try to avoid mirrors during the day, which I, I learned that isn't a good thing because, you know, one day I had full on eye makeup underneath my eye. It had, it had just really smudged all the way down. I worked the full day like that. I try to, I don't cover the mirrors like I'm, I'm sitting shiver or anything like that. I just avoid them. So no, I don't ever get lost in my own eyes. I think they are sad looking, but I could see you looking into your eyes and saying that. And I will tell you this, when I look into your eyes, I feel my spirits rise. So saith Debbie Gibson and so saith me. Yeah, I don't think I could get lost in my eyes. I think it would be a short trip. Like I, I, it's not to say I'm not, you know, a deep person or whatever it is, but I just don't feel like it goes anywhere. You know, I'm going to look in my eyes right now. Back. Wow, that's that's okay too if you just take a short trip. And I'm mm-hmm. traveling that way, but you two are courageous and you're willing to explore the depths of your souls. So, what, what made you uh, discover that you just got lost one day? Well, there's so much zooming and googling, and there's so many different video opportunities these days, and I think it has something to do with my eyes. You know, if I look to the left, I it looks like there's half a contact lens in the corner of my eye, but there is not. Mm. And when I start thinking about that, I can't stop. That would be a compelling thought because I, I've i never put, I can't stand when things are near my eyes. So I've never put a contact, even though a couple of weeks ago, Pat recommended I get them because I accidentally bought pervert glasses. But I oh. can't look, I can't get near, I could do eye drops barely, but I would always be wondering if I was wrong. Is it in there? Is it stuck in there? And I'm an idiot, but you don't, you have anything stuck in there. You just. My eye doctor said it's a literal optical illusion, which is, I think, where the term optical illusion in the magician sense came from. Hmm. Did you look that up or you just assuming there's no wrong answer i don't look things up i never have and i never will mm. oh take me with you all i do is look things up ever since the internet oh i'll look that up five hours later i'm self-diagnosing my follicles right what's going on with your follicles i don't know are they all supposed to look like that well what do yours look like i think i mean what do they look like they look like uh they look like what 
like a little uh, tiny Christmas lights. You ever look at them at the end there? I think they're supposed to look like sperm. Okay. The shape of that is like sperm. Yeah, then I must be fine. Yeah, depending on the Christmas light. You know, I should have diagnosed myself as having too much time on my hands. Lately, I feel like all of us have that, right? You yeah. wasn't going through books, Mugs. Yeah, I started at the beginning. I'm uh, reading in order of publication date, mm. which does not always reflect writing date. No, work. I never knew that. Well, an author, perhaps your own Janet, m- might have written a book that she set aside and her publishers weren't interested then she wrote another book, it gets published. Then later they ask for that first book back and publish it after the other one. Ooh, you think she's laying down clues to trick them into wanting the other one? I'd do that for sure. I'd be like, wait, wait, well, tell me about this genie or whatever. And then they'd be like, well, she'd be like, well, I explain it in the other book. Got to see the other book to get that genie reference. Also, I realized Janet couldn't do that because her, her books are numerically titled. Yeah, I and I assume got, there's... Yeah, I think she got out ahead of that one. Yeah, she sure did. She have titular, titular lines in her book that, you know, she, I'm sure there's a point where someone says that's one for the money. Oh, yeah, they definitely do. I mean, I I, I have to assume that they do. Like, I can't remember where in the book that happens, but it, it, it absolutely must because it's such a fun thing to say how often you get to say that that's one for the money what does that mean i wish that i wish that came up in my phrase a day because i don't know one for the money one for the money i guess is oh maybe it's just like i'm doing this to get paid i'm doing this one for the money okay it could also be the amount it could be one for the money like one dollar for the money i don't think so well i don't know uh that could be it. One for the money. It, like if you're traveling abroad, here's one for your money. You give me, I'll give you one of my money for your money. And I don't know what that means. I'm not going to Google it though. Cause again, this is how it starts. Yeah. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to bring it back to this, but I just worry that this is one reason why I might choose Mary Higgins Clark as my primary thriller author, only because it doesn't bring up such mysteries. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. You know, uh, you know who who we can all agree on is a is our collective enemy, and I'm going to tell you this, Dean Kuntz. Oh, oh no, Dean, 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 Dean. I want to say instead of Kuntz, no, the c word. It's just right there, Kuntz with a c. No, I know Kuntz is spelled K O N T Z, but I'm saying like it just makes sense if you would replace his last name with the c word. Counts. No, no, the c word. Everybody hates rhymes with funt. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It would be plural then. The way you're using it would be plural. Yeah, for sure. Dean, as an author, I have so many issues, but his acting, you know, I saw him on television um, describing one of his upcoming novels. And before I knew it was him, I thought, now there's an actor. There's someone who can really express himself in front of the camera. So I was so disappointed when I realized it was Dean. Now, I want to say... Have you guys ever seen, well, you must have seen him because you saw him on TV, but uh, Pat, you ever seen this guy? He looks like a serial killer. He looks like somebody, I don't know what his books are about because forgive me, I don't give one rat's ass, but he looks like somebody who might commit a murder. Or one time I read a Joyce Carol Oates short story about this old guy who makes himself treat Williams played him in the movie version of it. He makes himself look younger, but he's really old and he stays outside this girl's front door until he kills her. You know that one? Benjamin Button. No, Benjamin Button wasn't Joyce Carol Oates. All right. If you see that movie, Treat Williams, this is what the guy would look like. Everybody, when you're listening to this, look up Dean Koontz. And no offense if you're listening, Dean Koontz, and I can't imagine you are. But everybody look it up. He looks like what I imagine Treat Williams' character from that one Joyce Carol Oates short story. Okay. He, 
he looks like uh, I started taking screenshots of Dateline, mm-hmm. Josh Mankiewicz, but also the hairdos on Dateline, because that is the crime being committed in a Dateline episode are the hairdos. Well, it's a minor, it's, it's a less minor crime than the big, big crime. Yeah, the big crime murder. It's more minor, more minor. It's, it's more minor. Yeah. It's it's more more minor. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's minor. It's the minorest. It's yeah, but I'd say Dean Koontz's hair looks like a classic screenshot. I take a Dateline hairdos where you're oh. thinking, ah, what town is this? What state is this? What religion are these people that this is okay? Yeah. Well, also, what year is it? Yeah. It's a big one, but religion is a big one too. Because I'm saying right now, Dean Coots Amish hair, or like a, a Mennonite. Well, yes, very similar. Amish and Mennonite, very similar. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Scientologist, but that's probably also because he was leaning against all those books, and I imagine all those books were probably Dianetics. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, a real Scientologist, I think, would lean against the books, and if they were books about anything besides Scientology, never read them. Right. Now, what's Scientology? What is it? There were aliens? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like, you know, people have thetans and, you know, there's uh, suppressive people and and non-suppressive people. You know what? They got Kirstie Alley. They turned her. I don't want to hear. It makes me so sad. When you watch her on Cheers, I feel so sad that she is now a little bit cuckoo crazy because, dang, what a talent, you know? But her character did not become a Scientologist, so you can still love her character. You don't have to combine the two. Those are two different memories. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Thank you. How do we feel about separating the art from the artist? Oh, right. I just remembered I hate that. Okay. What? Oh, I hate separating the art from the artist because I hate Woody Allen, and I think he's a piece of shit. And uh, sorry if you like him, but if you like him, I guess you like kitty fiddlers. People say, okay, yeah, Annie Hall. Well, the thing about Annie Hall is it's very obvious to me that Woody Allen hates women, even Annie Hall. I mean, let alone husbands and wives, because, of course, I watched all these before we knew. But in my heart, I kind of always knew. What a sick pervert. Sorry, that's your adopted daughter, you sick bastard. Yeah, that really brings up the dark side of separating the art from the artist, Where, whereas I was only thinking about the, the perks, the pros. Thank you for making, yeah, thank you for really bringing that to my attention. I hadn't thought of that, or I would have said always separate the art from the artist. So you only do it in the good way. Well, yes, because I don't think Mary Higgins Clark is a murderer. And if she were, I don't think she would murder in the way that she's written about. Oh, wait. What do you mean when you say separate the art from the artist? Because the way I mean it is Woody Allen is the artist. Annie Hall is the art, so to speak. And we sh- people are still like, oh, it's okay that I like Annie Hall because I'm separating the art from the artist. But you mean it in that you don't think that what's the name's a, a murderer? Well, yes, I guess I, uh, and when we're thinking of the analogy from which this whole conversation started, it was you worrying about Kirstie Alley Alley. It's hard. It's very hard to say Kirstie Alley because really you just want to say, say Kirstie Ali. Oh, are it's they? what Kirstie Ali is a person. Are they related? Is that how you really say it? Because then I get, I guess I got a little more respect for her because I respect no. her. Okay. No, you said that like you were asking if Kirstie Ali is a person. It related to Kirstie Alley. So I thought, I thought I inadvertently said a real person, Kirstie Ali. Oh, no. And I still want to know, is Kirstie Ali related to Muhammad Ali? I don't think so. 
Okay. So what I'm saying is you separate her character from, what, what was her character on Cheers? Rebecca. Rebecca Howell. Yeah, Rebecca. That Rebecca is not the same person as Kirsty. So if Kirsty becomes a Scientologist, then Rebecca does not. That's what I mean when I say uh, separate the art from the artist. Okay. Well, by that rationale, could we say, well, you know, that zombie from Thrilla isn't also another kitty fiddler. What? Well, Michael Jackson, you know, he had a thing oh. for little boys. Is that how we say them? That wolf or that zombie? Is that the artist? Oh, yeah. No, the, the wolf or the zombie is not a kitty fiddler because that is the character portrayed. So we don't have to assume that just because Michael Jackson took that path, his characters did too. They didn't. Okay. I miss not knowing anything about anybody. Yeah. Wasn't that fun? Oh, I tell you what, people don't realize how good we had it when no one knew nothing about nobody. I could watch and look and listen to things in peace. And now I got to say, I'm stressed out. Yeah. And I know I'm part of the problem. I don't want anyone to know anything about me. You know, you're not a criminal. No, but I'm far from perfect. You know, well, why do you say that? I think you're great. Well, that's very kind of you. But I mean, it's wild to know everything about everybody. I know more things, you know, about uh, who's who's someone that we all know. Oh, uh- Ringo from the Beatles. Ringo from the Beatles. I know more about Ringo from the Beatles than I ever cared to know, you know? Just play the drums. Was that it? (laughs) Nah, right? The drummer. What a great drummer. What a great, you know, ah, so personable, charismatic. That's all I needed to know. Don't tell me anything else. Before you know it, we'll all know everything and I'll sleep forever. There'll be no point. Well, but also don't you think it's fun when you get to see like what they're doing now? Because if you only knew about Ringo Starr, the drummer, then would you know about what a weird choice to pick Ringo Starr? I'll go so far as I'll go so far as to say I didn't want to know about what's his name, who married the vegetarian, who only had one leg, and then he married the other one, and then he married the other one. That's sad. It ruins the Beatles for me. He should have married the one lady who didn't have a leg. She died. It's it. That's that. It's a wrap. Well, she had a leg when they first met. What happened? Nope, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I, I, I think that's probably rude what I'm saying in this day and age when it's so important to hold people accountable for the shitty things that they do. But I just feel overwhelmed. Let me, let me watch JAG in peace. The JAG Corps, that's based on a true organization. Now, Muggsy, I say this with love. Don't tell me that. Oh. I don't want to Google that tonight, you know? And then I found out, I found out about JAG, that it's uh, riddled with incompetence or whatever, politicized, and then I can't watch the show anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You well, know, Joe, you could probably watch and still enjoy. You ever watch, uh, did you ever watch uh, Grey's Anatomy? Uh, yeah, right, at the hospital. Yeah, the hospital one. That one you don't have to worry about because every, it's a hospital show. You know hospitals are real. You already know that. That info's in there. So you're not learning new things uh, when you just watch this show. I feel like that would be a good one for you. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is a show set in a hospital. This is a show. I thought you were talking about a show I watched when I was in the hospital. Well, did you watch Crazy Enemy while you were in the hospital? No, I think it was the other one. ER. Oh, how long ago were you in the hospital? Oh, it was, it was so long ago. 90s? 98? If it was St. Elsewhere that you were watching, then that was probably in the 80s. 
that you were in the hospital. It might have been then, yeah. Oh, well, you've been in a couple times. Yeah, I've been in a couple times. Can you guys hear the little girl having a tantrum outside my apartment? Oh, you should you should go out there and help. Yeah, you know, I've done that. I've gone outside and I've said, you seem like you're distressed. How may I help you in this situation? You can F off and die. Well, that was awfully formal the way you asked her. You probably should have been a little more approachable. And you sounded like a customer service call. Well, yeah, that's what I heard when you're trying to de-escalate something. You, oh. you seem like you're in distress. Can I? May I help you with something? Don't say can, because they'll say, I don't know, can you? That's rude. I hate when people say that. Me too. It's like, yeah, you know what I'm trying to get at. Well, did you say it to the child or did you say it to the caregiver? I said it to the caregiver. Oh, I thought you said it to the child. No, I feel like if it was a child, I'd just be like, hey, where's your manners? Shut up. More of that. Mm. Well, Pat, I don't know if you um, your feelings about this go so far as to apply to how I became an aunt. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. That's what I was going to say is take us to your happy place, take us to your nieces and nephews. But you've got a story and Pat needs to hear it. Well, I'm worried. I'm worried, Pat, because the reason I know I'm an aunt, you didn't maybe know I was an aunt when uh, in all these years we've been friends. I have not been an aunt. What? I am an aunt. I I order, uh, okay, uh, full disclosure, I was given as a gift a 23andMe DNA kit. I spit into this vial. I sent it in thinking I would simply find out about my ancestry and uh, my roots. I received an email saying my results were and I opened the email. I hadn't put enough spit in the first time, so they sent me another vial. Mm. I spit in it again. Yes, this this is the second time through and you have to wait six weeks every time. Oh, that's too much spit. It was hard to come up with the spit, but I did. And boy, was it lucky because talk about finding out about people. Pat, I found out. I have, uh, not only am I an aunt, I'm an aunt four times over. And all, I have three nieces and a nephew and they're all in their 30s. And um, I, I just found out. I found out about two months ago that I that I'm an aunt, which means I, you had siblings. There's there was a sibling out there. Nobody knew about the sibling. The sibling didn't give DNA, so there I'm not in touch with that sibling. I don't even know. Was it a boy? Was it a girl? I don't know. And who did it come from? My mother, my father, I don't know. My cousins, I don't know. And um, but I did. But all I got was the the, the nieces and the nephew, and I. And we, we got in touch. I am an aunt now. I am an aunt to adult. Wow. That is crazy. Now, I know this technology has been used uh, to, to you know, uh, look at your family tree, but also to solve murders. Did you also find out if your nieces and nephews are murderers? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'm just getting to know them. And one in particular, um, I don't want to pick favorites already, but she might be my favorite. She has agreed to let me regress and get her her presence for the years that I missed and be her confidant for the years I missed. So um, we're going to do it um a month at a time. So every month she's going to age a year. So right now she's two. Wow, that's such a great age. They're so fun at that age. So she's actually what age now? She's in her 30s. She's in her 30s, but she's playing too. Oh, that's right. So it's really fulfilling and it's really amazing to get to experience this, something I thought I would never experience. How did they take it when you found them? You reached out and you say what? Hi, I'm your aunt. I did a reveal party. <gasps> wow. How? Did you do at somebody's house with a cake? And then if you cut into it and then it was a certain color, you were an ant? No, I filled a balloon with a bunch of um, letters I cut out. Um, I invited my nieces and nephew 
uh, to anonymously to a party. So they probably thought that it was going to be a murder situation. They, it was, they didn't know who sent them this invitation and only two of them showed up. That's how they catch them. deadbeat dads. Sometimes you want a boat, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I should have so told them you, they won something, but they didn't. I just invited them to a party. Wow. So you, they did win something big. Yeah. They, right. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So they, so they show up. Is this at your home or is this at a neutral place? This was at an Applebee's. Oh, so yeah, that's not very neutral, but it's really fun. Well, that's what I thought. No matter what, at least we would get that night. At least we would get that night in that experience. Experience and those appetizers. Yeah. Even if it goes poorly, you're still going to be feeling good in the neighborhood. That's right. And we clinged beer glasses just the way they, just the way the um, logo shows. Oh, good. So, so they were very open to this. They said, yeah, I've got an aunt now. I've got this aunt. So they were excited that they had an aunt. Now, are you the first aunt? Are you, do they have multiple aunts? Yeah, there are more. I don't want to know. And I, I don't want to know. I told them don't. So here is where Pat, here's where we do agree. I, I said, I don't want to know um, because it, it will take away from my experience. And I don't want to compare myself to anybody as an aunt. And that's really I smart. I haven't, haven't known them. I just met, I do some meeting them. So I will never win. In that loyalty contest. You don't know that. You don't know that because any, I would bet dollars to donuts. You don't know that. You do not know that. Actually, I would bet one for the money that you are the superior aunt. I would, I would go on record and say, I'd bet one for the money and two for the dough that you are a better aunt than anyone. Present company excluded. We all tie, but, you, but anyone in that family, for sure, you're better because I am come from, they just showed up. Well, I guess it was you that just showed up. Yeah, but I am better because I've been waiting my whole life to be an aunt. Mm-hmm. They didn't care whether they were nieces or a nephew. Right. That now, title means nothing. Right. So you're getting them um, age appropriate gifts for their birthday. So uh, this young lady who's your niece, who's in her 30s, but playing too, what did uh, you get her for her most recent birthday? Yeah. And I just want to clarify, she's the only one willing to do that. The other one that I met declined. And then the other two I've yet to meet because I, they didn't come to the party. But well, I um, I did. I went to this toy store and I said, what do you have for a two year old? And then she said, what is she interested in? And I said numbers because she's an accountant. So I can only assume that when she was two, she was also interested in numbers. Right. So what I got her were those magnetic numbers that you put on the fridge. That is a fun gift. I don't care what your age is. Yeah, I think that's a timeless gift. Uh-huh, yeah. for sure. Now, let me ask you this. Do you know her name or you guys aren't there yet? Yeah, her name is Harriet. Oh, what a beautiful name. What a beautiful mm-hmm. name. Is that what you call her, Harriet? That's what I'm calling her for now. Yes. Right. You got to build up to a nickname. I- I hope that I'm invited to call her um, something else someday, but I don't want to rush it. Now, has she asked you for cash or anything like that? No. Okay. okay. What should I do if she does is what I wonder. Oh, you're going to have two different answers from two different ants. You oh. just give it You just give it to them. Guess what I just heard? Guess what I just heard in my own head? Answers. Wow. Answers. Yeah. Two different answers. That's a portmanteau we never even saw coming. If anybody, uh, you know, wrote in to ask us questions, we could do questions and answers. That's nice. That's fun, right? I love that. It's so much fun today. Let me ask you guys something. I, I, so what I'm going back and forth on is what should she call me? Now, I don't call her niece Harriet. Mm -hmm. And is it presumptuous of me to ask her to call me Aunt Muggsy? Well, you're forking over a lot of gifts so far. Just just one per month. Well, that's going to be a lot. She's in the 30s? Yeah. That's going to be at least one gift a month for 30 months. That's 30 gifts. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to this. You know, you got to hang on to them however you can hang on to them. 
and you've only got this one, you know? I've been told, don't live in fear, Pat. Choose love, not fear. There's only two paths in life, love and fear. You got to walk down love. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to walk down fear. A lot easier. And if if, if simply, uh, you know, uh, material things and cash, I can part with that as long as I have my nieces and nephews. And, and you know, one day they're going to take care of me and all that. So I, I don't know if that's good advice, uh, but it's the advice that I have. Okay. Now, I am of the belief that those two paths, love and fear, intersect like the, what is the Red Cross? The, like some sort of Scottish crest or some pharmacy. shit. That's a pharmacy's insignia. Yeah, like the pharmacy. Love and fear, they intersect. Because if you are really starting to fall in love with somebody, you're totally afraid. There's I'm ter- so much fear. Yeah. Well, I'm terrified. I'm glad that you, you both brought this up. I'm terrified to be an aunt, to be honest. I, I don't, I'm terrified I'm going to mess it up. And it's because I love them so much already. There's yeah. no one way to be an aunt. If that's if we're learning nothing from this podcast, it's that. There's no wrong way to be an aunt. There are at least 150 wrong ways to be an uncle, but there's no wrong path you can take as an aunt. You're doing so good, you know? And and you know, everyone has an opinion. They're like your butts, right? So, everyone's going to have an opinion. I just gave you my two cents. You know, you got to do what feels right. And you know, Harriet is going to probably guide you a little bit in her response to gifts and all this stuff. I'm very impressed that this woman, you know, is, is playing a toddler. You know, she's going to be a, now when you, when you see her, is she verbal? Is she talking yet? Or is she able to read? Well, she is a, well, here's where we can separate the art from the artist because she is able to read, but when she's with me, she does not. And, um, she, I don't know if she has a book. Perhaps she has what to expect and you're expecting, but she really follows, um, I think, right in the middle of all of the goals, just to maybe be neutral. She's not gifted, but she's she's just right on right on par. So um, right now she's using a lot of two-word phrases like more onion rings, or she might say... That's three. That kind of, no, no, she's... No, that's two. Two-word phrases is two. Onion rings? Is it a hyphenate? I see what you're saying. I'm going to be calling her out on that, maybe in a letter or an email, and just say, um, you know, that a friend pointed out that sh- that onion rings would probably be two words. Write her a letter. Put put eight stamps on it. That's what I've been doing. Everybody buy stamps for the love of God. Buy stamps. My brother-in-law is a mailman. Buy stamps. Yes, buy stamps. Now I wanted to ask you this, Pat. What does uh, opinions are like butts mean? Everybody's got one. Oh, well, oh, well. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a butt, you still have a place here, you are still welcome. If you're listening to this podcast and you thought, Who, what kind of idiot doesn't have a butt? See yourself out. Oh, yeah. And I apologize. It's just I've never, in my very limited experience, have never met someone without a butt that I know of. So if that was offensive to you, I apologize. You are equally as valuable. You contribute to the world around you. And you have opinions, too. So there you go. I bet you remember that song that came out by the uh, the guy, his name was EU. Uh, it was called uh, Da Butt. European you know? Union? No. His name was EU, and it didn't refer to the European Union? No, this was pre, I believe. I want to say 98. Oh, well, we, well, what year was the butt? Do you remember that song, Doing a Butt? Ow, sexy, sexy. Doing the butt. Remember when everyone was afraid that you were going to do the butt? Now it's like, these- It's illegal. Yeah, now these kids are eating ass everywhere. 
which this is a sex positive podcast. If you're doing that, good for you. Just be careful. I don't know. Brush your teeth. I don't know how it works. I don't want to learn. What a different life these kids are leading than I led. Yeah. The, the, the butt, the whole area was verboten. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't draw attention to it. And now it's like the most celebrated thing in the world is a butt. And I had quite the caboose. I mean, I still do. But I mean, geez Louise. They used to call they used to call Patty Thunderbuns. She disclosed that when we were talking to our friend uh, Uncle Dutch. When Aria came in, they called her Thunderbuns. In the paddy oh, wagon. Wow, I think that sounds like a compliment. Uh, yeah, Dutch told me that uh, that I was just hanging with the wrong crowd because it wasn't a compliment. I don't think at the time, but I was hanging out with the wrong people. White white men. Yeah, pass. Yeah. So if you could do anything with your newfound anthem, what would you do? What would you t- take me on your dream ant trip with Harriet? It involves a sleeping car. Harriet and I would start on the East Coast. We would take the train all the way to the West Coast and we would be in a sleeping car and we would play games, board games from one side of the country to the other. And every time we entered a new state, we would change the game that we'd play. So we might start with Yahtzee on the East Coast and in New York. And then when we cross into Pennsylvania, we might change it something like Settlers of Catan. Wow, you're going to start with Yahtzee on that. Yeah. That's bold. I just am thinking about this. I'd build to it. But I I like starting out with a bang. That's good. I I actually hadn't thought about that. So I might change the order of the games. Now, are you going to have to wait until she has the dexterity in her limbs to play games like that or pieces that she won't eat? That I Yeah, that's a really good point. I think we'll probably... And also, I want her to be at a maturity level to give us more game options. And I follow strictly the, the age recommendations on game boxes. So I think maybe 13 would be a good age. So that would be about a year from now. Yeah. All right. Well, that's tricky, too. What if she gets a period for the first time on this train trip? If she's committing to this, she will. Oh, that's going to be a nice moment for her to get a period for the first time. And you're her aunt who helps her through this. Oh, talk about a dream come true. Did either of you get to help your nieces with their first periods? I got to talk to her about it. And I got to tell her what a good job I thought her mother was doing. I don't know how similar that is, but I just got to say, you know, my mother uh, refused to address it and let the school sex education program take care of that. My sister was very proactive, put some Femhyge products in her backpack, a change of underwear in her backpack. Very proactive, very well done. I think, you know, my mother was like, oh, did you get it? I remember watching on the Cosby show when Rudy got a period and everybody threw a whole big potty or Vanessa, somebody, I don't remember who did it. And Bill Cosby's a rapist. But the thing is, somebody got their period on that show and they threw a big, big whole potty. Uh, my niece got her period on my sectional. Oh, Uncle Flo ruining the day. And I, you know, I tried. I said, I don't care. You can get another sectional. It's not a big deal. Why and uh, she, she, what's that? Why didn't you just wash it? You can wash the cushions. Oh, no, not this period. No, ma'am. It went from cushion to cushion. I mean, when I saw it, I thought, wow, I'm going to prison somehow. And uh, she had stayed over because she was fighting with her mom. That's the best, though, right? You get a little bitch session there, too. Oh, yeah. We talked about Carolyn. That's for sure. But no, she had um, she had a period and it got, uh, she's also a wild sleeper. You know, she uh, moves around a lot. So uh, I did have to give that away. And, uh, but yeah, she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want my help. You know, I said, I struggled for a long time, you know, with the tampons, getting them in there and everything. She said, oh, no, thank you. And so, um, you know, I tried. You gave it away? Well, I, yeah. I mean, I put it on the tree lawn and it was there for a whole season. 
but people did use it. I saw people sitting on it and then they jump up real quick and I'd yell down, it's fine. It's not a big deal, you know, but eventually it was taken away. What seasons was it there for? Football, baseball? Uh, what do you do in spring? Baseball. Uh, baseball and football. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, it was there baseball to football? That's, that's spring, summer, fall. Winter, really, into winter. Yeah, it may have been there for some time. Okay. Okay. Oh, you meant seasons like... I meant seasons like regular people talk about them. Okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, l- let me ask this. Now, you're a new aunt, which is so fun, right, Muggsy? What is your advice, right? So you're coming at this new, you're learning things, you're taking big swings, you're doing things right, you're making mistakes. What's your advice? Maybe someone out there is thinking, I'm going to do the same thing. I've always wanted to be an aunt. I, I can do this 23 in me. What's your advice for those folks who are ants or going to be ants or aunt adjacent or whatnot? Oh, boy, I, I'm definitely a novice. I think something I have learned, uh, so... Um, not from Harriet, but from the other niece who is not uh, going through her ages, but is simply just being a 37-year-old woman with me. One piece of advice I have is limit your texting. Uh, what's that? I say why? Well, it can appear you're coming on too strong if you text uh, multiple times per day. And also if you get upset, if you don't receive a text back, you know, people have lives. Guilty. I'm the one, I get mad, I send multiple texts, and then I get mad. That's me, guilty feel. I feel, it's good in a way to get it out in the open. I feel good about that, but yeah, that's that hits home. That hits home. Not the advice as much as, well, it, yeah, it, it, the advice hits me too, but not to make this about me, but yeah, that, okay. You're about to cry? I feel like I'm going to cry, I don't even know why. Well, it's, you know, coming to terms with something that you uh, previously weren't ready to face, maybe, and... uh mm-hmm. Uh, may I just interject for just one moment? Yeah. I think that you're feeling a lot of things. And I think when we started off talking about coach, you know, I think you're sad and disappointed more than you're angry. And I, I don't want to push you. I want to be your friend. And I just want to point that out. I think you're feeling something because you, you care so much for your nieces and nephews. And when something like this happens, you take it all on. And the, the thing that feels better than sadness is anger. Oh my goodness. I'm on the fear road. Yeah. Join me. It's a whole nother direction. That's a, that's a, a different atlas. In the case of Miss F- though, can't separate the art from the artist because the art and the artist make me want to strangle that woman with her own dumb pants. And I just want people to know that my niece is a spectacular athlete. I want her to know it. And I want Miss F- to be alone for the rest of a life. Is that so much to ask? You just outlined the entire plot to a Mary Higgins Clark book. I am I'm being serious. There is a coach who dies by being strangled by pants. What? You want to be a convert? No, that's a premise. Give me a lady that's trying to be a bounty hunter who has a pet hamster and always wants to have sex with Joe Morello. That's where I'm in. Stephanie Plum, baby. The pride of New Jersey. Hey, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I find myself doing that a lot with folks. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. You're angry, stay angry. And you know what? I'll help you. I'll help you get her. I'll help you hold her down or whatever we're going to do. You know that. I just want to say sometimes these feelings are complicated and all mixed up together in a ball, right? We've said it before on this podcast and I said it in this episode. What were you going to say, Muggs? Oh, I'm sorry. I just was thinking about, did you know that your tears are different shapes depending on the impetus for the crying? So if you're crying out of happiness, your tears will be one shape. If you're crying out of fear, another, and out of anger or sadness, two different shapes. 
They're all different shapes. Who did the research on that? Is this recent? Because there's a pandemic that we need to know answers to. And if people are studying tear shapes, I'm about ready to throw in the towel. Is that old or new? It's old, but it's current in its accuracy. This, this scientist brought people in uh, with a psychologist on hand, made people cry, captured their tears with a high, what do you call it, a high density? Radar. With a radar. Also because, yes, the speed. You cry faster when you're angry, slower oh. when you're sad. Huh. What kind of sadist calls people in to just make them cry and see what their tears look like? That sounds like, you know, it sounds like, I hate to say it, Ron. Yeah, that <clears throat> that sounds like something Ron would have been a part of going on Craigslist looking for work and seeing, ah, we're doing a, a crying study. Ron's ears and dick would have perked up. Now, other than texting, which is excellent advice, by the way, and talk about practical. Anything else, Muggsy, that you feel like it's important to kind of put out there, a success or a failure you've had and what you've taken away from it? Yeah, the texting is huge. I, I found that out the hard way. I, I came on too strong. But I would also say, imagine you're building a bridge and you are two different towns and there's a river between you. Each of your nephews and nieces is a town and you're a town and you're building a bridge from you to them. So... So you have to build some and they have to build some and you have to meet in the middle. You can't build the whole bridge. How did we all become towns? We got incorporated? Yeah, if there's any commerce involved, then you are considered a town. We also would then have elected officials. Okay, well, I like that. So I'm a town, I'm incorporated. My nieces and nephews are towns and we all need bridges. Even if there's no water, we just all need bridges. It can't be roads. There is water. There's water. If you, you, I can't believe you have to have water between you or the whole metaphor falls apart because yeah, there's water between you and every one of your nieces and nephews. There's always a body of water. That sounds terrifying, you know, like a nightmare. It's a movie with Kevin Costner uh, called Waterworld. In that movie, nobody built any bridges and then it was just all water. Is he a Funkle in that? I don't know. He may have been because I thought there were a lot of brown children. I don't mean brown skin, beautiful brown skin. I mean, filthy, dirty children running around and he had to be related to at least some of them on the boat. You know what I'm saying? They were like uh, dirty kids because the water, there was water everywhere. But why was everyone so dirty? Yeah, that's the thing. Hop in, rinse yourself off, get back on the boat. Honestly. What's her name? Tina uh, Margarine. Margarine? Tina Margarine. Is it Margarine? I don't know what she's talking about. The girl, the little girl. She was in that movie with uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, where the mom dies. She's laying in the grass with the apron. What? All right. Well, that girl was in there. She had a bad haircut and she was filthy. And that's kind of relatable content because of the pandemic and because of the environmental crisis. But I have to say this right now. If, God forbid, the world is flooded with water and Kevin Cost is in a boat, I've heard he's the nice man. But I want to say right now, if I'm doing that, I'm going to pop in that water once in a while and take a shower because please you will never see like like a dis- some sort of disgusting human being who just because it's an apocalypse doesn't think that they need to bathe themselves have some self-respect and i i get what you're saying mugsy because if we don't have water between us and our nieces and nephews we're one town what are we living together some uh, commune that no one wants you need that distance i have been told i'm codependent it's absolutely true and i don't feel like changing 
But I will say that the waterways are an important, in my mind's eye, right? I understand that. And, and the bridges are what, as aunts and uh, nieces and nephews, you know, that's what we use to, to, to reach out to one another. So you're saying both parties have to build a bridge together, meet in the middle there. Yeah. And I feel like based on what you're saying, that this analogy also might work for codependency uh, in other situations as well. I think not just aunts and their aunties, is, is their aunt babies. So feel free to use that advice for other circumstances. I'm still confused. Well, why? I guess I'm just a little confused because I want to know why, where am I living? What am I, Minnesota? Land of a thousand lakes or something? Well, that's a state. That's a state. I said you need to pick a town within that state so you could be Minneapolis. I love Minneapolis. Remember when remember when Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced that Janet Jackson album and in the middle of it she says, Minneapolis. Prince is from there. It's a good music city. Good, because now you're getting it, Mags. You're Minneapolis. Your nieces and nephews are Minneapolis Heights or Minneapolisburg or Prince. Paisley Park. Yeah. Yeah, right? And then we flood the streets between those places for your health. And then we build bridges towards one another, but we still have our separation. Again, I'm codependent. I don't want to change, but I understand in my head that that's important to being healthier than I am currently. So whether or not I got any kind of water around me or a Minneapolis or what, I will say this, the thing, the word that sticks out to me in that is the word building. That's what you're always doing when you're an aunt. You're always building. You're building up your tolerance to how much time can I stand to be a part of these kids, a part away. You're building up it, uh, how much money can I give them? How much, how many presents can I give them? Which for you, Muggs, is like very tricky right now because you don't want to spoil them, but you're actively spoiling Harriet because you're trying to build up that trust. That's right. And, you know, she just turned two next month she'll turn three and uh, I think you know you start to see life differently when you're when you're watching someone grow up and I'm seeing life very differently now because of that experience even if it's fictionalized do you have any interest in meeting whoever her parents are did you already say that and was the answer no well I said about her if she has any other aunts one of her parents is a rogue sibling of mine apparently. So yeah, um, I think that opens up a whole nother can of worms. And um, I'm not signing up for that. I have a sibling already. I don't, that's not a new experience I need. I know that it, that involves a lot of crying and um, murder and uh, illegal adoptions and things like that. And I, I'm not ready for that. Why didn't your sibling trust you enough to make you an aunt themselves? They will. Oh, so it's still on the horizon. It could still happen. Could. I don't know. I can't predict the future, which is why I have to live in the present and also just a little, a little bit of the past. Presence. You're living in the presence. You've given so many presents to this girl. Uh, Muggsy, you are um, a true original. It's brave of you to start being an aunt at this time of your life. You're being very selfless. And uh, I got to say, the eye thing, you know, it's um, it's really interesting because I'm glad you're wearing those glasses because I'm afraid I would get lost in your eyes and your depths because they are deep. And uh, I just know how much uh, Mags and I value having found you in a what could have been a very contentious manner. And you've really opened our eyes to a lot of things. So I just want to say thank you. It's always a real chat. And it's easy to be friends with somebody that you agree with. It's easy to be friends with somebody that you love the same author. It's not easy to be somebody where their favorite author is somebody that you cannot stand. Right back at you both. I appreciate your friendship so much because it has opened my eyes. 
to uh, other perspectives and things like that. If Mary Higgins Clark, if her fan base is anything like you, I might be inclined to meet one or two more fans of hers. Probably not, but maybe. I prefer to keep these worlds separate. I, it's not that I wouldn't introduce you to any of my friends from my book club, uh, but it's so nice to have something outside of that that I, I won't. Wise words from a wise woman. Well, speaking of wise words, we end every episode with a mantra. And our mantra this week is, bad breakup, take two ants and talk to them until the morning. Oh, that rings true. That is a good one. I know every week we say that is a good one, but that one rings very true. Hits very close to home to me circa January 2019. Very, very close to home. My aunts really nursed me through something big and two of them, not enough. Give me more. That's what I say. I think it's been an outstanding week. I think I learned a lot about myself and I never thought I would be ready to strangle somebody with their own stupid pants, but I came out and I'm proud of myself for being honest about that. And thank you both for talking me through that because I guess now that I realize I said it out loud, I can never do that because I don't want to have a record of it. And I hope she doesn't die because everybody's going to be like, well, I know who did it. Well, if she has those type of pants you're talking about, she won't because she could just unzip them and they wouldn't be strangling her anymore. You're right. I guess in that way, thank God for those hideous, stupid pants. Well, I think it's time to go. Uh, I think we've shown that people can come from two different worlds and find common ground. And I hope that's a lesson everybody takes with them. I think we've shown that you don't have to be an ant for a long time to be an ant. Blink and you got an ant. What a world. And I think also that I've learned today that I have some of the best friends, some of the best nieces and nephews in the world. And I thank you guys for, I love you guys so much for talking me down when I got really, I got really emotional before, but you know, when my niece hurts, I hurt and, uh, she was hurting so much and, uh, it filled me with the rage and, uh, oh God, it feels good to kind of get that out. You know, we're going to be okay. She's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. And so are we. I love you guys so much. I love you mugs. I just wish I could give you a hug right now. That's what's killing me. That's what's killing me is I can't give you a hug. I wish you could give me a hug too and I would accept it. I would accept it. I would ask first too. I would get your consent and then I would give you a hug because I um, I love you, Mags. Love you, Mugs. Love you, Pat. I love you both. And just real quick, thank you for saying that thing about consent. And if you think this podcast doesn't support consent, you can see yourself out. Love you, Pat. I love you, Mags. You guys say it both. Can you both say it one more time? Because I'm just feeling really fragile right now. I love you, Mags. And I love you, Mags. Okay, thank you. I love you both. A bada bing, a bada boom. Thanks for listening to those who ain't a baby makers podcast, starring Colleen Doyle as your aunt Pat and Dana Carcioli as your auntie Mags. If you liked this podcast, and I am Flabba, gasted. If you do not, please subscribe, rate, and review us. The role of Aunt Mugs was played by none other than the powerhouse that is Megan Hovde. Megan would like you to check out her short film Across the Sky in the hilarious sketch pants on Vimeo. Our theme song was performed by the Q's, and you could follow them at the Q's Music on Instagram. Follow those who ant on Instagram and Twitter, and if you have any questions for the ants, as always, email us at thosewhoant.gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy, wear a mask, and for God's sake, call your ants. <laughs>